Shut up and sit down. episode 49 it's actually episode 50 can't believe we've been doing it this long and we haven't been uh shunned from the entire party yet but uh hey you know it's uh things and you know you can only talk so much shit about lp national before they come after you i guess but hey you know what i live that life or i don't i don't know i just i just show up talk shit online get drunk and uh talk to my guests our guests Speaking of which, Mr. Will. Master William is running late tonight because he's fancy like that. But uh, you know it's not running late? These bills. You know how we pay them bills? With these ads like this one. Find us on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Twitter, Anchor, and Spotify. You know, we go live on four of those platforms. Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Maybe you might have a, a new... I'll call him a partner. We'll call him a partner platform that we may be working with soon that is completely decentralized. They are Republicans, but they were like, look, I'll get into it later. Whatever. It's it's not a Republican. It's not going to become a Republican show, but it, 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 we'll work with some people. You know, whoever's willing to work with us. We've got Crowned by Gold, uh, the final book in uh the royal green series by one jack casey um i am contractually obligated to say it's a good book i am not however contractually obligated to say that jack casey is not a weirdo who thinks the earth is flat so you know fuck you jack casey we've got the alaskan raven for all you meme needs go check out the alaskan raven on facebook We've got the Libertarian Party Veterans Caucus. If you, uh, what do you say? He says, leading veterans to libertarian and leading veterans to libertarian solutions or something like that. However that goes. Uh, they're, they're a great organization growing insanely fast, run by some really great people, and then run by some guys who are from the Air Force and the Navy. So eh, it's not that good, I guess. But hey, no, whatever. We've got, James Tallier, TallierForKentucky.com, Tallier, T-O-L-L-E-R, 4-K-Y.com, people over politics, people helping people. Awesome dude, great cause. Go dump some money at TallierForKY.com. Uh, what else? Oh, here we go. LickNallyBruno.com. Let me take this one down. We've got LickNallyBruno.com. NotAReelPodcast.com. We've got these uh, RFID EMP blocking bags from Faraday Defense. So if you are like the, the CIA is spying on me at all times and you want to put your head in the bag, if you think that you've got like microchips in your brain, get your bag. I don't recommend you wearing it all the time. You'll probably suffocate. But I actually probably shouldn't promote you putting it on your head. But hey, go get you one. We've got RedemptionTactical.com. Use that link right there. One of the lovely ladies will put it in the, uh, yep, boom. As I said, lovely lady, she appears like magic. Right there's a code. Go use that link to, uh, you know, go get you a plate carrier. If you want a ballistic mask, like I'm telling you, if you are required to wear a mask at work, they, I don't know many businesses specify, 
get you a ballistic face mask. It covers your whole face. It it makes the the branch Covidians feel better about their cultism. And uh, you know, yeah. Will's still not here, so I'm gonna move on to someone who is far more interesting and on time, I will say. Uh, all the way from the Isle of Woman, because if you're a history buff and a weirdo like me, you'll get that joke. But uh, it is Miss Karen Ann Harlow's uh, secretary in exile. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm waiting for the cease and desist letter from National. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and 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 I've got my Nota cup here now. With Nick's face on it, so just ready. <laughs> it just awesome. came in, so fresh and new. Well, here's a uh, Mr. William, Master William, as some may call him. I am so sorry, guys. I'm having technical difficulties tonight, but hello, Miss Harlow's. Welcome, and thank hello. you so much for being on our show. And my damn dog is barking. You give me one second to let him out because Wayne's not here to open and shut the door. This dog drives me crazy. It wants in. Hey, it wants That's all right. Out. Just, I'm going to give you back. I'm going to give you back to the town. Keep that up. <laughs> what I missed? Give you back to the town. <laughs> you missed. You actually missed the one time I gave the LP Veterans Caucus a really good uh, ad read. Really? Mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate that. I'll miss the beginning of the show more often if that's what you're going to do, man. And thank you. <laughs> no, and I guarantee you, in five minutes, he's going to be barking to come back in. Just guarantee <laughs> no, you. Goes. He's like a libertarian. He just can never be happy, can he? He can never be happy, no. Always something to complain about in there. Yep. <laughs> Karen Ann, when did the Statue of Liberty headdressing start? Oh, God. A long time ago. When I first started in the party, I don't think I've ever been without. I, I've got like four of them. You probably can see them back on the shelf over there. There's a whole collection of them. <laughs> I'd buy spares. <laughs> Do you have a preferred outlet? Are these from The Gap? Are these Abercrombie? Who, who provides these? <laughs> Amazon, baby. Amazon. But Amazon <laughs> stopped selling them, so I had to find another dealer. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was panicking. Oh, no. So, so now I found a party store, bought them in bulk, because I have a feeling they're getting discontinued. Free market will provide. Free market. Well, I'll start making them myself. Yeah. The, there's some guy somewhere who's like, you know, I wonder what that lady's doing that's been buying all these uh, Statue of Liberty yeah. headdresses. <laughs> Keeping me in business. This <laughs> freak out in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> So, Karen Ann, you have uh, kind of laid low most of this year. You've really not had any attention on you whatsoever, haven't you? Well, well, this year? Are you talking like literally this year or do you mean the past uh, no, year? the past 12 months. You know, you've kind of laid low, been off the radar. Really yeah, been I mean, out of the completely. conversation. What's been going on? Yeah, I know. I mean, I've been practically invisible. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, really, what is it like having uh, being the center of – an LNC conversation for this long. And, and is it uh is it stressful? Is it a burden? Um, actually it's extraordinarily stressful. I, I, I haven't had a very good time these past 12 months. It's, it's been, it's been very difficult. Uh, people kind of like laugh when I like not, I don't know. It's, there are mean people who laugh, but then there are other people who don't really think I'm being serious because they don't know me that well. Like they think, I don't know. They think I'm like, you know, Margaret Thatcher or something like the Iron Lady. And I'm not. I'm, I'm actually quite a softy. This has been very, very difficult for me. And um, not to like take away from people like the Veterans Caucus, you know, who've gone through like literal hell. But for me, you know, soft tempered life, this has been pretty tough. And I literally do think I have a form of PTSD from the way this LNC is some of the shit they pulled up. Am I allowed to cuss? I hope I'm allowed to. Because if oh, I'm not yeah, allowed to yeah. cuss. Okay. You're good. Because <laughs> don't ever invite me on something where I can't cuss because that's just not going to happen. <laughs> the, what they pulled with me is just been brutal. It's It's been seriously brutal. And it'll be a while before I get over it. 
Well, we've seen a lot of that stuff going around here recently. I mean, a lot of people doing a lot of really shady backdoor stuff. And one thing I've been harping on a lot is, you know, I don't understand how libertarians have become this party where we see the same stuff that we we are supposed to be so adamantly against. Like we see all these people who are working behind the scenes to rig elections or make these dirty dealings. I, yeah. I shouldn't even say rig elections, but like dirt, make these dirty dealings to oust people or push people out or, you know, uh, set up these secret meetings where they're able to remove people from office. I'm not going to. And we've seen a lot of that here recently, like especially in the last 12 months. It seems insane. Yeah. And it didn't used to be like this. I mean, there's always been drama because we're libertarians, okay? There's always been drama. Nothing like this past year. Like, I I haven't been in the party terribly long. It's been, I don't know, seven years now. But, you know, while we've had our, again, drama, I've never seen corruption like I've seen. And it's actually been the last few years because it started with Star Wars, but it really ramped up this past year. It's funny because the non-aggression principle includes force and fraud. And it seems like a lot of people in this community have been kind of missing half of that lately. Um, you know, when you're coercing somebody with lies and deceit and, you know, rat fuck tactics, for lack of better words, uh, that's that's an AP violation. That's not how it's supposed to work. We're supposed to honor the rule of law first and then. Um, you know, start trying to change things second. And and there's also things that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call out and out fraud because I think fraud's pretty narrow, but it's certainly unethical. And yeah. I would hope that we would try to be, you know, model what we want to see in the world. So what I've seen a lot, what a lot of libertarians do and trying to say, well, what I did was technically correct. It was technically within the rules. Huh. And, you, you know, it's um kind of... Everyone knows I'm a religious person. I make my religious analogy. So it's what's like said in the Bible where it says you strain out a gnat so that you can swallow a camel. You know, you say, oh, I'm technically right here without realizing what a just big hypocrite you are. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. So, Karen Ann, this is, uh, we talk about burnout a lot in this movement. And mm. And I feel like, so seven years in the party itself, you've been very involved. You run the the historical society. Um, you've been secretary. So how- I still am secretary. I do not respect this fraudulent <laughs> LMD. Okay, excuse me. Excuse okay, me. wait, no, I, I need to do this because I do this every time. This is this is my opinion of them saying I'm not secretary. Kiss my ass. That's my <laughs> okay, duly noted, duly. Uh, but yeah, so how, if you're still in this game, surely the I rest bet of you that's us the first no time that's issues. happened on your show. <laughs> no, third actually, but you're close. That's, that's, that's <laughs> but yeah, so if you're still here, anybody can be here. So how do we, how do we not get burnt out in this fight? Oh God, I don't know what to tell you. Um, uh, you know, it, I, I could easily get burnt out and. I'm not doing that now, like, but if I got burnt out, I'd stay anyway, just out of sheer spite out of the people I don't like, <laughs> but I'm not at that point. I'm not staying out of sheer spite. I still love everything I do, but I think that um, if you keep your eye on what's really important, then you don't get burnt out because I don't think it's possible to get burnt out on liberty. It's possible to get oh. burnt out on libertarians. Ooh, but uh, when you start feeling that way, just start ignoring the libertarians and concentrate on liberty, you know, and take some breaks away from libertarians. Because I don't I don't think it's possible to fall out of love with liberty. Well, I think I think this is a good uh, comment here from Elizabeth. Uh, she says, focus on your state and doing good works for the people, because that's what we're all about. I think that's true. I think we do have to focus on if this camera will ever focus again. Jeez. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, focus on your state and focus my camera on me. There we go. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it is important to make sure that you have, uh, you know, a good grasp at what's going on in your state. But you also, I think in a lot of ways you do need to have, I'm trying to find a way that doesn't sound bad. Um, 
some responsibility for what goes on with the national party, right? Like when, when the national party does something that's supposed to be the largest section of the party, if something like collapses there and then you're trying to explain to people why they should join your state party, their first response will be, well, your national party's doing this and this, and I don't like that. It's hard to overcome that because a lot of people see the, the, so the current system for a lot of people, whether they're Republican or Democrat or whatever, it trickles down from the, the national level to the state. We're reversed, and it's hard to break a lot of people of that. So we do have to have that state function where we're doing stuff at the local level, but we, we do have to have that transparency and a good national party that shows people we aren't like everyone else, except for the fact that over the last 12 months, it, it kind of looked like, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the libertarian swamp people. is real. The libertarian swamp is very, very real. And we need to call in the alligator caucus. I think that's important, though, <laughs> as long as we can talk about it, because part of libertarianism is just trying to be honest, I feel like, and be honest about the state of the world and the state of how things work and not promising people utopia. So I don't think we can promise people a, a political party without corruption. We're the libertarian party. We are proudly corrupt because that's how <laughs> politics works, and that's why you should get out of it. Well, you know, this is what I've said to people when they're like, oh, my God, I'm hearing about all of this and it's terrible. And and and, and the undertone kind of is you're the bad guy speaking to me for bringing it bringing it all out. And I actually say that I actually find it very encouraging that everyone knows about all of our dirty laundry, because if this were like, say, the Democrat Party and their national secretary started speaking out, all of a sudden he or she would know something about Hillary and be suicided in the back of the head. You know, oh, yeah. So <laughs> the, the, the fact that I'm still around, like and able to say this is actually a plus. It's a plus that. It, it can get exposed without getting completely. I got this moth. I'm like going <laughs> without, <laughs> without getting. Sheesh. Yeah. Without getting completely, um, you know, shut down. So in a way, I think it's positive. You can't fix something if you don't know about it. So there, there are positives to exposing, but, but each time I think like we've gone like as bad as we possibly can it gets worse. I can't, I mean, Reno can't come soon enough for me. Wow. Like we need, we need a new LNC, you know, and I hope it's better than what we have now, but as you know, the unofficial party historian, cause it's very unofficial. I mean, I, I have some, I'm not talking completely out my rear to say, I do have some, you know, historical background to say, this is the worst LNC in the history of this party. And cool. we're certainly the most, uh, I'm sorry. So when you say that, are you speaking mm -hmm. about just the elected side of things? Are you talking about staffers and elected? How do you, what do you, when you say LNC, what does that mean to you? Oh, I'm talking about the elected people. I'm talking okay. about the elected people. I, I very rarely will say anything about staff unless they're like really bad. And there's been a staffer I've been saying some things about. But in general, staffs follows with the LNC. Tell them it's their bosses. Um, even sometimes when it looks like staff is doing crappy things, they're, they're just trying to do their job. You know, sure. it's difficult working for a board of directors. Like I don't envy them in the slightest, you know, like some people were really mad at some things Dan Fishman did last term, but he was just following Nick's orders. And if he didn't do it, he would have lost his job. Sure. And, you know, there comes a point where you have to refuse, you know, and say, well, I'd rather lose my job. But, you know, that's tough. That's tough when you, you know, you got house payments and everything else when your livelihood's on the line. So very yeah. rarely will I criticize staff. I'm talking about the elected people. And it, okay. we're by far, well, I say we because I still consider myself, even though they don't. This is by far the, the worst LNC. And it's certainly objectively the most appealed LNC. And I bet you they get a couple um, a couple more JC appeals before this term is out. I mean, if they're going to be terrible, they might as well be overachievers at being terrible. I mean, they're already they're already excelling at being terrible. Yeah, it was really interesting. Uh, <clears throat> Karen Ann and I actually sat at the same table, not on purpose. I'm not saying anything about that, but we, we just ended up at the same table at the South Carolina convention a few months back. And uh, a, a certain state party got brought up and we, we had 
very serious discussion about that. Um, my wife made some comments about a certain presidential candidate who was in the room that, that looked funny to her. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it is, it is interesting to see the, the level of issues that are in the party. Um, it's, uh, so I'll, I'll pivot to this. What would you say to people who are seeing all this drama in this at state level, the national mm-hmm. level, all this? What would you say to people who kind of might be on the fence, who might need that kind of, you know, I don't even want to say encouragement, like whatever, whatever you want to say. I mean, on the fence to do what? Like they're already in the party or somebody who's thinking about joining the party? Uh, I'm not sure what you mean on the fence about. Let's say so. So let's say it's someone who maybe would identify as libertarian, but they're debating on whether or not they should vote libertarian or get involved with the party or along those lines. Like you know what I'm talking about. Like the people who aren't ready to fully make the commitment yet. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, most most people don't fully commit to any political party. I mean, I mean, most people just vote. That's all they do, and there's a that's very little commitment there. So um, I don't think just you know, unless they're worried about the, the, and I think it's completely illusory, um, wasted vote syndrome. And I, if someone wants to vote libertarian, they should vote libertarian. Um, most people don't realize that nearly everybody's any vote. There's a really good study and not what to get into the weeds, but any vote in a, in a, in a first past the post system, any vote above what any candidate needs to win, um, is a wasted vote because it doesn't matter. Um, so most people's votes are wasted. So it's it's really ridiculous to say when you vote for a third party, it's a wasted vote. Actually, probably counts for a whole lot more. Particularly if you're if you're in a state that's dominated, say by red or blue, and that candidate's going to win no matter what. Any amount over the amount they needed to win is completely wasted. You could have stayed home, and it would not have made a whit of difference. So to vote, I don't think takes any kind of really commitment at all. And yeah, go for it. I would encourage you to vote for libertarian candidates, even if you don't particularly like them, to send the signal that our system sucks and we want more choices. Now, to to get involved, I think at the activist level, that takes a certain type of personality to begin with. And um, if, if it's somebody who's really, really passionate about liberty, I wouldn't let the 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 drama, and I'm not going to even say alleged drama because it's real drama, dissuade them. This actually is a pretty exciting time to get involved because I think we are on the cusp of actually making the LP for the first time, probably in like 30 years, a real force for liberty. I think we've gone, I, I, I kind of put our downfall, like to get the downfall into irrelevant at 9-11. We used to have like 40,000 national members right before 9-11. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that. There was this big push on Project Archimedes, but we were growing a lot. And then everyone got scared and the state started encroaching on all of these things. And the party just seemed to have lost its soul at that point. And, you know, and then we, you know, we, we, we went into, you know, the, 2000s where you had Bob Barr and then, you know, they gutted the platform to make it just completely um, Republican light. You know, right now this party is very leftist. I know a lot of people will argue with me about that. And I just think you're just completely blind if you don't see it. But people forget that like around 2008, we were we were kissing the right ass cheek. We kind of flip flop back and forth right now. We just happen to be one way or, you know, this way. But I would say before 9-11, we were just libertarian. Like, we didn't play this whiplash game of, like, being, you know, sucking up to the right, sucking up to the left, because I'm tired of both of those things. And I think we are finally on the cusp of becoming, like, just solid libertarian again. And that's the growing pains of this drama. Hell yeah. That's the way I see it, you know. Um, And hopefully Reno will be the the turning point if a lot of things don't change in reno i might have to readjust my outlook but i'm very very optimistic for reno right now bootlegger you running for a delegate out of tennessee 
I'm not. I'm in Colorado. I was asking so, bootleg. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> so I'm not running in Tennessee unless y'all want to give me a spot. You can be a delegate, Karen Ann. I don't know. Can you be? No. Oh, I can be a delegate in Colorado, not in Tennessee. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Uh, people have asked me, and I said, if I'm nominated, I'll debate it there. Um, that's, wow. that's, a, that's, that's a good question for my wife. I, I, I'm kind of at the point where I, I don't even care about state parties or national parties. That's my personal belief. Um, I, I'm so deep. I'll, I'll put it this way. I'm so deep in the anarchy train that I think at some point the LP becomes the enemy. Like we we move so far to where the LP becomes the enemy. That's that's my personal belief. I don't want anyone else to to say you. that. Oh, but you know, the right they, or whatever. If the anarchists keep abandoning the party, then you just create a self fulfilling prophecy. That that is true. So you know, I, like I I'm a hardcore that. anarchist. You know that, and but I'm not abandoning it. Um, and I think what. Our problem, you want to know what our bigger problem is? Our bigger problem isn't the drama. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get on your case a little bit here. The bigger <laughs> problem isn't the drama. It isn't that we're we're kissing leftist ass and we're kissing right ass. It's that the solid libertarians leave. That's our problem. The solid libertarians leave. Yep. And like say things like, I don't care if I'm going to be a delegate. If you want to see the LP not be the enemy, you got to be part of the solution. Yeah, bootleg, be a delegate, man. Hey, Karen Ann, I have to leave, guys. I'm sorry. I'm going to let you guys continue this. But I had a clubhouse. We usually do our show six to seven. And tonight's a little different. Yeah. Um, but thank you, Karen Ann. It's so nice to talk to you. Um, hopefully, I will see you at Reno. I will definitely be there. Hopefully, by the yeah, I'm, I'm like sure this guy it. here, kick him yeah, in the ass, pop him into it. You got this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone should go on social media and bully Will that he's trading the podcast for Clubhouse. So uh, do that. Come bully me yeah, anytime. Yeah. Go but, bully him. Thank you, <laughs> thank you for everything you do for this movement. I thank you. See Love you, you Will. Love you too. But uh, so I will say this. I am deeply involved in my state party. Yeah. Which, and I'm going to be in which, Tennessee, by the way, for your convention. I was actually getting ready to ask you that. If yeah. uh, if you are confirmed, I've got footage. I've got video evidence now that you will be here. So. Yeah, no, because it's the day after. What, no, it's a w- week after Colorado. Whatever. I went through my calendar last night with my campaign manager, and we're deciding who's going where. And my name's down for Tennessee. I haven't bought my plane tickets yet, but I'm buying them this weekend. Well, it'll be good to see you again. Uh, if if there's anyone that's more hated in Tennessee, it's always me. I uh, I call out a lot of bullshit. Uh, I'm not even saying that you're hated. I'm just saying that I am. I I, uh, I call out a lot of bullshit, and I've been on the fence quite a bit about leaving the party. I've stuck around because there's been a lot of great people that work in my region, that work at the state level, that are just so just, <clears throat> I had a had a discussion with some people last night, who, God, this fucking camera. Your camera Jesus is Christ. just wonderful. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I spent, you spend a couple hundred bucks for a good camera, and it won't fucking focus on you. I'm too ugly, <laughs> that's what it is. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> the, people leaving is a real issue because the people who leave are the ones who are doing all the work and they get so tired of being the ones that do all the work that they they just don't want to do it anymore. They, it, it, the burnout isn't because of being involved. It's being the 0.1% of people who do 99.9% of the work. That's, well, that's the issue. To, you got to learn to say no. Like I've learned to say no, you know, you, you, you can only, only do so much because even, and if you say, well, no one else is going to do it. If you're doing too much, you're not going to do it well anyway. And maybe it's better that no one does it because yeah, I mean, no, I get it. Like our, our convention um, for Colorado, our convention committee chair just quit. So for the third year, not in a row, but for the third year, guess who gets to be convention committee chair? Like, Thanks. I needed something else to do. But, you know, (laughs) 
but I, but I'm okay with it. Cause I've done it before. I've got experience, but I, you know, I hear you, but there's been plenty of things I've said no to as well. And people need to learn to say no. That is factual. I uh, actually talked to a guy at work the other day. I worked in an automotive shop and I gave him this big, long speech about why saying no is important. You will have people that work at the front of the shop that don't know anything about cars. They'll say, oh, yeah, we'll totally do this. And if everyone yeah. says no because it's unsafe, it's important. Um, it That kind of stuff, like that open rebellionism in, in the workplace, if, if something is not safe, saying no is important. I think we should normalize that in the LP if, look, uh, it's very easy to be the person who does a lot of stuff and then more and more people say, oh, well, this person does all this work and all these committees or all these groups or whatever. I'm going to ask them. You do have to learn to say no because it is for your health. It is for your mental health. It's your physical health, number one, because you can end up spending every hour of the day doing stuff and never sleep, which is bad for your physical health. You will be stressed out beyond belief, which is bad for your mental health. Uh, as, as a vet myself, Will Braxton, all mm-hmm. three of us are vets on the network. It is important to say no for your mental health. Oh no, I get you. And I know the, I work more hours doing LP stuff than I do doing my job. Oh yeah, I'm and I work full time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's pretty much that work in LP. That's what I do, and my husband's a saint because he puts up with it. But he's yeah, state my chair. wife. He, yeah, he's state chair of Colorado though, so he's pretty busy himself. But <laughs> yeah, my wife hates the Libertarian Party. She's like, <laughs> they suck. They're a bunch of weirdos that like argue online. I was like, eh, it's fair. Um. But she hates it because it takes me away from my wife, my kids, all this family stuff. But it, it, to me, it's important because if I can give my kids a better life than what we had, that's that's the end goal, right? I mean, everyone wants the next generation or the next two, three, 20 generations to have a better existence. Yeah, well, and it, and it works out here because he's also involved. If he wasn't also involved, it probably would be pretty bad. <laughs> Oh yeah, I get that. Yeah. But uh So you uh so you're trying to figure out how to phrase this. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I had an individual call me the other day and your name came up. Uh-oh again. <laughs> well, it's not as bad as you think. So people can there there's two factions of people that look at you and some think that you can do no wrong, and there are some people that think everything you do is wrong, or that think you're like this cold-hearted person, like you were mentioning earlier in the episode. You recently had an altercation with someone, and you admitted that you were wrong because it, you, the information you were given was wrong, and you apologized for it. And I wanted to take this moment to say that that is immensely telling that you are a phenomenal person. To admit that you're wrong about something is great. And I think I'm I'm not going to go into details. It's not important for a lot of the people. It was a conversation that was had. But I want people to know that Karen Ann Harlos uh, is a realist. She's not someone who believes that no matter what, she's right. We're people. You're people. I'm people. And things happen, and I, I'm, try, I'm trying to go into it without getting into it. Um, and I don't even know. And the funny thing is, there, there's a reason why I don't even know what situation you're referring to because I actually apologize quite a lot. Not everybody sees yeah. it, but um, you, listen, you know, we're wrong as people a lot. And you get wrong information a lot. And one of the biggest warning signs I could say, if there's somebody you're friends with, there's somebody you observe a lot and you've never seen them admit they were wrong or apologize, you're probably dealing with somebody who's a bit of a sociopath because you've got to, if you're going to be 
quick on the trigger. You got to be just as quick to say, whoops, that was wrong. You know, you, you have to be ready to apologize. I'm glad you saved me from that conversation. Uh, <laughs> because I had no idea where I was ending up with that. But yes, it, it does take a big person to to say that they were wrong. And I think that's important. It, 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 I think one thing that we see a lot, especially in the social media age, is no one willing to concede. People who are saying, even if they know that they're wrong, will continue to promulgate their, their side of the story and say, oh, I'm right, you're just a whatever. And they'll throw out names or call someone a communist or a Nazi or an idiot yeah. or whatever. Um, it is important to do those things. And I, I wanted to I wanted to bring that up for the simple reason that we do have to remember that social media is just like a website. It's not a real place. People like you do great works in their own community. You're doing a lot of great things for people. And just it does come down to making sure that we remember at the other side of that screen you're looking at, whether it's your phone, your tablet, your right. computer, whatever. There are people that spend tons and tons of time trying to achieve the same goal you are. You may not like how they do it. You might not like how they say it, but we are all trying to reach the same goal, whether or not it's through different parties, different methods or whatever. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And um, I think a lot of times, you know, online, it's very easy to engage in. Um, and I'm not even talking like fighting with people because, you know, social media but there's a lot of just really petty cruelties that happen that just don't need to you know they're just they're just dumb and we would never do that face to face with somebody yeah um so I, one thing i did want to ask is are you willing to take in call-in moments we've got the oh yeah Let's see here. Do we have any comments? Some people I mean, if you do, yeah. It. If you do, yeah. I mean, I'm never... There's very few things I don't answer. <laughs> well, and, uh, nobody... I'm very difficult to offend. Uh, yeah, so a lot of people were asking me prior to this if we were going to do Collins. I said, sure, and literally no one did it. So I guess you answered all of their questions before they had a chance to do See, it. I'm just a badass like that, I guess. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so you do plan. I think we had this conversation, but yeah. I'll, I'll ask it for everyone else. Are you planning to run for secretary again? Oh, I am rerunning right now. I mean, I've already started like. Um, I was campaigning in Arizona. I'll be campaigning in New Hampshire. Um, that's why I'll be in Tennessee. Um, I have all, you know, and I mentioned a few minutes ago, you know, I've my campaign manager is DL Cummings out of Florida. And we sat and looked at the, the calendar to see what conventions he's going to go to, which ones I'm going to go to. Just got my tablecloth in, uh, been making buttons down. So downstairs has turned into a button making factory. Yo, I, I definitely am rerunning. Um, I was going to rerun before, you know, they pulled that crap. So nothing really has changed, has changed with that. So, yep. I enjoy it, believe it or not. I enjoy it when it's not, (laughs) corrupt you know the actual job itself i'm one of the weirdos that like doing secretarial stuff i'm in the weird breed like the treasurers <laughs> yeah i think i think chair is like one of those sexy roles that everyone wants to run for no there's not a whole lot of people who are like i want to be treasurer of a national yeah. party or i want to be the secretary of a national party um, yeah, it's, it, it it's is, a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can only imagine. I mean, those are the two positions that have a lot of work. That's why they're not as sexy, right? Well, and the, it takes a very specialized skill set. Um, so the, the the field of candidates is smaller. I, I'd say even more so for treasurer than for secretary. Because, you know, 
any organized person I think could really can learn to be a good secretary, but treasurer really takes some specialized skills. So the, the field is even smaller, is even smaller in that. Yeah. So one thing I had mentioned to, to LPTN or Tennessee Libertarian Party, whatever yeah. you want to call it, um, was that you would be phenomenal on doing a, uh, Roner, uh, yeah, Roner or yeah. uh, Robert's Rules of Order. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's this stupid camera, geez. It's just, <laughs> it, I think the camera's more drunk than I am. <laughs> there we go. Um, but yeah, oh gosh, here he's blowing it up. I'm lpmesiscaucus.com slash take dash human dash action slash. There you go. All right, you can calm down now. Yeah, um, I, I do. I do Robert's trainings for affiliates. Um, I've done a, I've done a few of them. I've done a few for the Mises Caucus. I'll do once for any caucus. I don't have to agree with them um, because I think everyone benefits from people knowing the rules and knowing how to use them properly. Everything runs smoother. Um, and I just recently got my registered parliamentarian certification in December, which I noticed some people like sounds so fucking boring, but I actually love it. Um, and I've been making good use out of it. But the whole the whole purpose of getting this certification was to be able to help libertarians. And for as long as I can, I'm never going to charge for professional services, though I've been called upon so much now i could do all this free stuff like full time i didn't realize what a need there was like uh, it's crazy right now the amount of states i'm working with where there's just bullshit going on and members feel powerless when they don't know the rules or their rights and they're getting trampled on yeah and i think it is a, a really useful tool especially for people who want to run for uh, a political office mm -hmm. as a libertarian because Republicans and Democrats have both weaponized it in a way that allows them to basically break, not, I don't want to say break rules, but they use it in a fashion that allows them to do what they want to, um, even if other people don't necessarily agree. I, I guess yeah. you understand what I'm saying. I think a lot of people- I do, I get saying, it, but, exactly. Yeah. It, There's it, people it, in the LP who do that. Yep. You know, yeah, like nope. at the at the- at the Arizona convention, I, if I wasn't there, I, I do think that things would have turned out a little bit differently. And what, what happens is sometimes the delegates, and it's not that the leadership is doing anything purposely wrong or anything like that, but they just tend to trust, oh, the board knows what they're doing. And sometimes they don't, or sometimes they're just wrong. And there doesn't have to even be anything malicious about it or any funny business but it, it helps everybody to be educated about what your actual rights are. You know, not everything's a big conspiracy or corruption, but sometimes things are just done wrong. Yeah, it's more of a, I guess, a neglect thing or a, a negligent, whatever, whatever the, I guess, whatever the legal yeah. phrase would be. It, it's not so much that people are holding meetings wrong. It's, more of like they don't know better right so, right yeah yeah it's just so, it's it's ignorance and everybody knowing more i think how it, it benefits everybody that's why i always volunteer for any group i'll do um basic like robert's rules training and even people who've called me to ask me like you know Certain things I can't divulge because there's certain ethical responsibilities, but I've had groups call me that I don't agree with the with the goal they're trying to accomplish, but I'll tell them the proper procedure and what their rights are. And before Nick Sarwark went crazy, um, he was a very good chair like that before he went, woof, you know. Um, and he's who I learned that from when he was when he was a good LNC chair. He always felt that it was his role to facilitate the body doing what it wanted to do, what the will of the body was, even if he thought the will of the body was stupid. <laughs> you know, he would tell them, this is what it seems like you're trying to get, get accomplished. 
this is how, this is what you need to do. These are the steps that you need to do. Even though I knew personally, he totally disagreed with the direction they were going. And that, that was what makes a good chair. You know, I'm chair of the platform committee right now. And I, I hope to do that. I've been chair. This will be my third term as platform committee chair. And I can tell you plenty of times they want to pass something that I don't agree with, but it's not my job to agree with it or disagree with it when I'm presiding officer. It's to help them accomplish what it's obvious the will of the committee is. Yeah, that is important. I think that's one thing that libertarians do far better than the two parties is there are plenty of people that are in the area that I work in uh, for the, the, for the state party that disagree with me on a lot of things. But if, if I'm, if the majority of those people say, Hey, look, this is what we want. That's, that's what I push for. Um, it, that's that's kind of the thing, right? Like it, it's not about your personal preference. It's not about pushing what you want or benefiting yourself. Mm. I think a lot of the people who are doing the hard work do what's necessary. A lot of us keep very quiet about our personal preferences and our personal opinions, and just do the work that needs to be done, whether or not we agree with it. I think a lot of us disagree with a lot of the stuff that goes on, but at the end of the day, it it's we're we're not a one or two or three person party. We're a party of thousands, tens of thousands, right. whatever it is. I mean, that's how groups work. You know, the only time I'll freak out and really oppose something that a majority of people want to do is if I think it's corrupt or unethical. Unfortunately, there's been a lot of that, but there's yeah. plenty of decisions that happen that aren't corrupt or unethical that I don't agree with. And you won't hear from me too much about it because, you know, when you're in a group that makes decisions in the way we make decisions, you win some, you lose some. And if you're a big crybaby every time you lost a vote and it wasn't it's just Sometimes people just disagree, you know, how they sometimes cigar, just a cigar, you know, get your mind out of the gutter. Sometimes a disagreement's just a disagreement. Nobody's an evil person. Yeah, just disagree. It happens. You know, sometimes we make we make every disagreement like it's this great moral crisis and it isn't. But there are circumstances where it is an ethical thing. And, you know, my conviction has always been, I've always said this, and I think this year I've proved it. Um, I don't care if I stand alone. If I think something's ethically wrong, I'm going to stand against it. And I think I kind of proved it this year. I mean, I took the bullet for sure on that one and I'd do it again too. It was the right thing to do to stand up for New Hampshire. Yeah, it was the right the- thing to do to tell the LNC that they're completely derelict in their duty against the COVID regime. And if they're going to behave like that, they ought to just dissolve the party. See, people forget that is when they started hating me. It wasn't New Hampshire. There's, I have the clip from December when I told them that. Like, they wouldn't even lift the slightest figure. You want to know what Laura Epke said? Because I name names. When it comes to leaders, volunteers, I don't name names. Some people don't notice that, but I very vague when it comes to volunteers, but leaders, elected leaders, fuck them. You signed up for this shit. Laura <laughs> Epke actually said, when I said the national party needs the message on COVID, it's, we need to stay in our lane. Uh, I've not heard excuse- that. Oh, I'll give you, I have the audio. Listen, mama always has receipts. When I make definite claims like this, <laughs> I got the receipts. Okay, and my jaw dropped. And that's when I lost my shit and basically said, why don't we just dissolve the party? Because if we can't speak out against the greatest civil rights violations, so they started hating me then. Because if you look at the folder of quote unquote evidence against me, which I prefer to call my greatest hits, um, I say that they spoke about me a hun- by a factor of 100 than they ever spoke about COVID. And I love what Mary Ruart said in her dissenting judicial committee opinion was if you can't handle a mouthy pink haired secretary, you're never ready to handle the state. And perhaps you very thin skinned LNC members should consider serving the party in another way. You know? COVID was the greatest missed opportunity the LP was has ever had. Right. When when Every- they start started talking about forcing people to lock down in their homes and keeping them from their their jobs, going to the store, whatever it was. 
That was the greatest missed opportunity. It was. We we could have done so much. And the the, the phrase that I'd been using, and, and then we saw, you know, people we thought were great libertarians turn into complete status. And I said, COVID revealed who people really were, even more so than, you know, Mel Gibson on a vendor. <laughs> I mean, oh. it's true, right? I mean, yeah. You give you pour some alcohol in and before you know it, you know, the anti-Semitism and the sugar tits come out. You you put a little COVID into the Libertarian Party and all of a sudden people are, you know, bootlicking. Yeah. Uh, like Dale Earnhardt once said, uh, boots are for scooting, not for licking. Um, anyway, yeah. so, uh, it, yeah, it is important that we do remember who, who sided with the COVID lockdowns, the COVID mandates, all of this stuff. Because if you can justify it for basically a hyped up flu, you can justify it for anything. I mean, Certainly. 9-11 was not a reason we started oppressing people. Uh, Pearl Harbor was not a reason to start right. internment camps for Japanese Americans. These things have a trend. There's great fear and then people's rights are violated. And if we can't do that as libertarians, we can't do it ever. If, if you can't say COVID is what it is, you have risks and you have rewards, you have, and so, so I'm not going to go into the Joe Rogan podcast. It, they, they had this whole thing, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But Bobby, just, just think about this though. Remember when Joe Jorgensen wasn't allowed to debate? The National Party didn't organize it, but they at least advertised those. Remember that one day where everyone went out in their cars with the letter speak thing? We never once advertised a national day of protesting against COVID. And they wouldn't because they were just too scared. Oh, we're going to look like science deniers or, oh, we're going to look like this. The National Party right now has a yellow streak up their back a mile long. They're all a bunch of fucking cowards. They're bureaucratic cowards. And that's why they threw me off because I said it. I spoke the truth and I'd say it again because they are. There's some exceptions. I, you know, there are some really good people on the LNC that I hope get reelected, but the vast majority of them are cowards. And they, they, they couldn't fight against what I was saying. So they decided to shut me up. And they tried to do it to Joshua Smith too. They're a bunch of fucking hypocrites. Yeah, I mean, at one point in time, uh, mostly like hundreds of years ago, people who said the Earth was round and was not the center of the universe would have been science Uh Jack Casey, that's a savage you, Brad. Um, <clears throat> but but uh, yeah, I mean, science is not this finite thing. It changes every single day. Being and it's opposed. not even about the science. It's about freedom. We don't even have to address the science. Like, there's a way to handle this that you never even have to get into that. You don't have to get into whether vaccines work or don't work, whether this is real or not. It doesn't matter. It's still not a justification to oppress the, the rights of people. Exactly, it, it, yeah. It, it, this wasn't really complicated messaging at all. And then the National Party sent out this abomination of an email last week. Most people didn't get past the first paragraph. The first paragraph was great. And I think everyone was just so happy that they put out one paragraph that's good that they didn't read the second paragraph, which basically called all libertarians who don't want to get vaccinated idiots. They put it in a little bit nicer terms than that. Oh, God, read the email. It's basically said all reasonable people went and got vaccinated. And, oh, my God, it's a terrible email. How it made it past our review committee, I don't know. Most people just read the first paragraph and was like, oh, my God, they're saying something great. Read the second paragraph. Kiss and stay ass. That's, you know. Yeah, that's I'll have to go. And see if I've not deleted the email. It's on LP.org. It's the title of it is End It Now, which is a great title. Um, but just go keep reading until you get to the word unreasonable. Just do a word search for the word unreasonable and read that paragraph. And you will be spitting mad that the LP attacked its own members in that way. Because I'll tell you, I'm one of the people who refused to get vaccinated. And I'm not anti-science or any of that. Um my biggest reason is because 
I, I hate the government. I, I, I don't even like, I, I'm not an anti-vaxxer at all. Usually when I hear about a vaccine, my first response is take my money because I don't want to get shit. Like I, I get the flu shot every year, but this thing, this untested thing, that's not even a real vaccine. It's like gene therapy. Fuck no. And the government's forcing me to do it. Double fuck no. Kiss my libertarian <laughs> ass. I'm not doing it. I don't care, you know, call it oppositional defiant disorder. I don't care. I am not getting jabbed. So I'll be one of those unreasonable people that the National Party just shat all over. But they'll take my money. I guess my money's good enough for them. And it was a staff member that wrote that. I don't need to say the staff member's name because it's right up on the top of the article. And I'm paying that person's salary to insult me. Fuck off. Yeah, I. uh... Should I say how I really feel? Yeah, I mean, if you want to. <laughs> no, I, I'm just <laughs> I'm so shy. I, ne- I hold back way too much. Yeah, I uh, I think I think we got a both of us got a dose of that in South Carolina. It was uh, it was an interesting conversation. I think people sitting around us were like, "What the fuck is going on here?" But uh, uh yeah, it, it is important to remember that just because you're afraid doesn't mean that you're right. Um, a lot of people are scared in a lot of situations. That's fine. You can be scared. Doesn't mean that I have to be scared. It doesn't mean that I'm wrong or that you're wrong or whoever's wrong. Just remember that your fear does not give you the right to oppress other people. Plenty of Americans were afraid of the Japanese in the 1930s and forties. Didn't make internment camps super great. Uh, as, as most Americans don't know, uh, those existed, and they weren't very seldom. They were widespread, nation, almost nationwide. Uh, Japanese Americans weren't; eh, they they weren't spread across the country quite yet. But uh, Miss uh, Miss Harlos, is there somewhere that people can uh, donate to your uh, secretary campaign? Uh, here's the the plug. Yeah. Um, and it's funny thing is I don't have it like memorized or anything like that. Cause for, for <laughs> all my like a reputation for being such a terrible grifter, I like don't even, you know, if people go to my YouTube channel, which is pink flame of Liberty in, you know, that little blurb, low bar, whatever we call it now, there's a link. And, um, I've done very well so far without having to like shamelessly beg, but, uh, I will make it to every convention I can and don't, quite yet have enough funds to do that, but almost there. And on my actual YouTube channel, all super chats go to my campaign. So, you know, I've been raising, I've been raising money that way. Um, so yeah, if you go to my YouTube channel, there's a link there. Um, truly, truly appreciate, you know, any assistance that I can get. And it pisses off all the right people because apparently the LNC also thinks only the independently wealthy um, should be running for positions or being on the LNC because one of the reasons I got removed was for having a monetized YouTube channel. That was one of my crimes because I monetized my YouTube channel because, you know, I can't afford to just fly around the country. You know, they, they, they think it's wrong by the way they treated me to ask for money for people to say, Hey, I can't make this meeting without your help. But listen, that's what to me libertarianism is about is voluntary support. I provide a show. I provide value. People think it's valuable and they provide value to me. It's a mutual exchange, but that was one of my crimes. Allegedly. You think, you know, I thought libertarians (laughs) were capitalists. But I guess I was wrong. And hey, you can go to my store and I do have a link for this and get your own Oda mug. Um, that one is tinyurl forward slash pink flame merch. I got Reno reset shirts there. I got say decorum one more time. Shirts <laughs> 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 there. As Statue of Liberty going, you know, so there's some good merch there. I'm proud of the merch. Top Lobster did some of the designs, and we all know he's he, he's a very <laughs> talented talented designer and uh somebody thought they were um insulting me by saying um what did they say if, if, if it takes an asteroid hitting the earth uh to get rid of karen ann harlow some voting for the asteroid so I, I made the t-shirt that says that and on the back it says monetize the hate so yeah monetizing the hate baby nice yeah it's uh 
I can't wait <laughs> until my state party comes after me for trying to monetize a podcast uh, in my state it's while working for the state thing. party. <laughs> and you want to hear, okay. And you want to hear what a boomer these people are. Okay. I don't have a big YouTube channel. I have a very dedicated, like people who watch, but I've only got 3,500 subscribers. You know, that's tiny. But to Laura Epke, that was like huge. I've got this big audience and I'm going, you are such a fucking boomer. Like, can I introduce you to PewDiePie? Like, you think 3,500 is a lot? That's nothing. That's like barely a monetized channel, you know, but these people don't know that YouTube is actually a job now. So basically what the LNC had said is there's certain jobs that LNC members can't have and being a YouTuber is one of them. It's just ridiculous. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I, I will say a good buddy of mine, um, an, an, an individual who uh, is involved with the LNC, passed along some of that information. Um, and I was like, if this is the reason why she's being removed from the LNC, I think we're all fucked. I think oh, the vast majority... The the, the only thing that's more prominent than libertarians like being political online is podcasts, which most of them are on YouTube. We're all fucked. Well, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna start leading up to Reno just because it's so ridiculous. And the guy who assembled this quote unquote evidence against me is like a former cop that's on the LNC who's still a cop, still acts like a cop. Um what I'm going, yeah, I wish I were kidding. Um, I, what I'm going to start doing in the shows leading up to Reno is at the beginning of each show, I'm going to bring forward one, what, because there's, they assembled all of these screenshots. It's almost creepy. It's like I'm envisioning this guy's got like a four by four room in his house with just pictures of me all over it with like the eyes cut out because it's like such an obsession. But at the beginning of each show, I'm just going to put up one piece of evidence and laugh at it because it is so dumb. It is like dumb. Like some in the folder of evidence against me, literally, were prayers. Like prayers, like literal prayers to God were in the evidence against me where I had said things like, I'm getting angry at people on the LNC. God, please give me patience and, and forgiveness, like to learn how to forgive people. That was cited as a reason to remove me. Like just dumb. It's like they just did this dragnet, you know, of like, let's just put up 10,000 posts to make it look like we have a bunch of stuff when all of it's shit. It was, it was such a sham. And the fact that the JC um affirmed it is even more ridiculous and it's really obvious that there's one of the people on the on the jc that wrote this scathing opinion against me was the person i beat for secretary in 2018 by 20 points and it was so obvious by the opinion that this was just ass mattery at me kicking her ass it's that kind of bullshit well, Ms. Harlos, uh, I will say this. Uh, apparently, you are the January 6th of the LP. Um, <laughs> you are far worse than uh, like 9-11 and Pearl Harbor combined. Yeah. I, and, I'm uh, telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should get some of those horns and paint my face and howl. The, uh, what was it? Uh, you'll be a LP Anon shaman. It's nuts. But you want to know what, what the, 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 the wide divergence of reaction to me, the one thing I'd say about it, you want to know what, at least I can say this about my life. I make people feel something. It might be feel something bad. It feels something good, but there's no middle ground. And I actually am kind of proud of that, that I have the kind of life that moves people might, you know, it might be to hate, but no one could ever say that, um, I will pass from this earth without making my mark. <laughs> that's 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 true. Well, Miss Harlos, I appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Um, I will speak for myself and Mr. Will and the dog behind the door. Uh, yeah, well, no, now it's back in front of the door because Wayne let the dog back in. Now it wants to go back out. <laughs> well, who let the dog out? 
Um, <laughs> that, yeah, there we go. Hey, um, I appreciate you coming on the show tonight and dealing with my drunk ramblings. And Madam Future Secretary, you have a good night. You have a good night too. I hope I hope you have a more drinking to come. Make it a night worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you. You have a good night. Bye-bye. I love you.